0: 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. We're going to read several scriptures in this chapter. I'll read to you from the King James Version. It says this, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. It's a command that he's given. He questions what he's doing. And he gives the prophet a command to fill the horn with oil and to go. I'm sending you to Jesse, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, I don't know if you tell, but sometimes when I read the text, I like to give you hints. Before we get too far into it. I'm going to give me a king. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at His coming and said, Comest thou peaceably. Now skip down to verse 10. And it says again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse... The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, For we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to and the lord said arise and anoint him for this is he then samuel took the horn of oil that he was commanded to take with him and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the lord in that moment came upon david from that day forward praise god and samuel rose up and went to ram now you can't possibly understand what I'm about to say unless you preach before. But there's sometimes you get up here and you got a bunch of stuff. And you're not exactly <clears throat> quite sure how it's all going to go about and come together. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I've got a good feeling about it. And uh, just keep in mind, let's have church, okay? Amen. Tell somebody again, let's have church. Let's yeah. have church. Amen. And I'm going to preach to you on the subject, Momentum starts with a moment. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for moving in this place. Thank you, Thank you for sweeping Jesus. into this room, God, and then Father, making it very clear that you're present with us, Lord. I ask you, God, continue your work. I don't believe that you're done in this room. I don't believe you're done with me. I don't believe You're done with anybody in this place, God. I ask that You would improve us, God. Advance Your kingdom according to what happens in the next hour, Lord. And we give it all to You. We have no script. We have no uh, uh, list that we're going to check boxes that we need to have done in a service, God. We're handing it all to You. In Jesus' name. Somebody "Amen." Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I read a news story so very recently out of the Washington Post that really captured my attention. There is a city in Denmark. Anybody ever been to Denmark? I didn't think so. In Denmark, there's a city. It goes by the name of Brand. B-R-A-N-D-E. And the population of Brand is roughly 7,000 people. And in this town, with a population of less than Kennett, Missouri, strangely, they are about to construct the tallest skyscraper in Western Europe. Now, Brother Blake's gonna throw a picture up. You got that picture, Brother Blake? Okay, so this is, obviously this is somebody's art rendering, it's not completed yet, but this is what the area looks like, and it's what the is going to look like when they get done constructing a skyscraper in the town of Brand. There's trees all around, and in this Denmark area, towns, the city limits are just huge, and so you may have a large a population of 7,000 just spread out everywhere. And so it's not considered a large town or anything like that. And nonetheless, they're going to construct a skyscraper in a town not a whole lot different from Kennedy. And it's a company that's known as Best Seller. It's the name of this company. Constructing a Tower of Business. They're a clothing designing company. And they got their start in the town of Brand years ago. They operated out of a small building and uh, in a short time what's described that has happened is their clothing just became popular. It just took off. And people all over Europe began wearing best-seller brand clothing. And their funds just shot through the roof and they realized they are going to have to increase space, increase inventory, and their clothing line took off and the CEO said in this news article that they have no choice but to prepare for crazy growth because of the fact that they are running out of room so quickly. And he also said that staying in the town of Brand for their new headquarters was a no-brainer. In his own words, this is what he said, we were planted here we have bloomed here. Come on. And we will soar here. Yeah, yes. Crazy. Praise God. <laughs> now that just struck me. And so it's going to look quite silly as you can see, but there's going to be a skyscraper that stands tall above everybody's house in the middle of Brand, Denmark. Now, Brother David, out there where you live, can you just imagine somebody just... All of a sudden, these trucks show up and they're doing dirt work out by your house, you know, and they're getting everything ready. And you walk up and you think, what in the world is another chicken house or what is it? And you get out there and you ask these fellas, and they said, yeah, we're building the bestseller tower out here. You would probably have no choice but to begin researching how this came about. Now, some months ago in this church, God laid it on the hearts of ministry and saints in this church that momentum is the appropriate theme for this year. Yeah. And that's it was not something that some well, I, you know, that kind of sounds cool, you know, that you know, and, and we've got you know the awesome Artwork and everything to go with it. But it's not something that we just settled on because it sounded like something that everybody could go along with and people would admire. It's something that was prayerfully considered for many reasons. And at the very core of this idea of of momentum is prayer. Yes, amen. Can I have an amen tonight? Amen. At the core of every bit of it, none of it works. None of it comes together or is understood unless you got prayer in your life. And a year ago, God began to uh, instill prayer in, into our hearts in this church in a brand new, fresh way. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, very similar to a startup business in a town of brand or somewhere like Rector, and the message of spirit—the spirit of God working and a spirit of prayer that is touched down here has begun to grow. Yes. In a fresh and new way. And there's people that are catching on to it. Come on. There's people that are asking about what's going on. Brother Gaddy is interested in what's going on in a small town in this district of Arkansas. I had not too long ago, I was talking to a pastor about it. A young man pastoring a church that's asking how he can teach prayer like we've taught it in this church. Amen. Because it's something that is growing that people want to get a part of. They want to be in on what God is doing. They're catching on to it. And God is forming a momentum right here in this church that we're all a part of. And there's going to come a point one day when people are going to look up and wonder how that skyscraper was constructed in a place where there's nothing else. Come on. How did it happen? Well, it was because of the product that people caught on to. Yes, amen. (laughs) And if you've been in this church for less than a year, I've really got a special word for you tonight. Kind of like what the CEO said in that news article. You were planted here. Yes. Yes. You can bloom here. Yes. Yes. And every one of us is going to soar here. Yes, amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise, praise God. God. Because He's constructing something in the middle of us. People are shocked at what's taking place. And we have not built a social club. It's not a social club. It's not just a place where much like the rest of the world, we can gather together and, you know, pay our ties and say that we are a part of a church. But you can experience being a part of the church. We're being led of God and He's working with us in momentum. Momentum. There's a lot of churches today that get a whole lot done by money, finances, and power in the physical realm alone. And they look like they've really accomplished something. But ladies and gentlemen, the truth of it is, not really much anybody in this room has a lot of financial power. But God is moving in spiritual power with everybody in this room. And that is what's constructing this thing. Now, there was no doubt a godly force... That brought about this situation with Goliath. Orchestrating all of it together. Now, Brother Thomas preached about David and Goliath this this morning. So I'm just going to try to do what I can to build around that, Brother. and And I'll see what I can add to it. Amen. But it was all being orchestrated. God had men who were out there. They were trained. They knew how to make war. And they're faced with Goliath. They had weaponry that was fine-tuned for warfare. And God places the shepherd boy in the middle of all that. This was orchestrated. This was not by chance. And you understand today that God worked with and gave momentum to that stone. As it sailed through the air, it was no regular slinging of a stone. God was working with it in order for it to, as the scripture said, sink into his forehead and fall upon his face to the ground. Now, that always struck me funny because how, Brother Mark, does somebody get struck in the forehead, the force going this way, and they fall face first? Isn't that interesting? My theory is he had no choice but to fall face first because David had invoked the name of the Lord. That's right. right. Praise God. Yes. You come with weaponry and I come in the name of the Lord. And when somebody's defeated in the name of the Lord, they've got to fall before Him. Yes. Amen. The spirits fall before Him. They've got to bow and one day everybody's going to bow and confess that He is Lord. And so for all this to happen, that was all orchestrated by God. This amazing story that we hear preached so often, there was certainly a momentum that picked up somewhere. But what I would like to suggest to you tonight is that this momentum started with a moment Amen. before that. I've studied at length, the life of Samuel recently, and particularly as a prophet Samuel. He's an interesting, interesting person in our Bible. And what we find concerning the story of Samuel and David and Saul is so very interesting. You see, it begins in a time of great absence of following after God. Don't that sound like today? There's an absence of people who You know, there's just a whole bunch of people who just don't have really a desire to follow God. And we find in chapter 2, Brother Blake, if you can show up, uh, verse 12 up there. It says, Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Sons of Belial is actually meaning persons of no value, it's just really plain. They, uh, you know, what, what wording? These were the priests of the day. And the Word of God says they were persons of no value. And the ones who had operated the temple is who this was. And take part in the sacrifices of God were sons of Belial. And they knew not the God they were sacrificing to. It says they knew not the Lord, the teachers of the law. Knew not the Lord. How tragic for them to go through the motions of worship at the temple, prayer, wow. Wow. without Come really on. knowing the Lord. What a shame. And they dishonored God by doing their priestly duties with disrespect, irreverence to God. They just did it. And all of this was a disgrace. And God begins to raise up the young man, Samuel. And now Samuel was to be a prophet. The prophet was the voice of God. And all of this mess, verse 18 says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Now, you have to excuse me, but when I read that, I automatically think of some of the young men we have in this church that are so worshipful. Yes, I think my God, He's raising up some young men who in the midst of yes. a whole bunch else will give themselves over to God and worship. Yes. Yes. Amen. And they don't in this room wear a linen ephod, but they wear praise well. Yes, Amen. Yes, amen. And it goes on in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. The child Samuel everybody ministered under the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days there was no open vision Mm -hmm. now with that in mind we know the story of Samuel's first prophecy I know I'm taking you through some history here but just go with me I'm I was about to say I'm not full of beans with March but I am full of beans (laughs) amen we're reading out of the Bible here (laughs) and samuel's first prophecy come on y'all get it together now (coughs) samuel's first prophecy you remember he's laying in bed and somebody calls out for him that's right and he says here i am and he wonders if somebody's calling for him you know And it happens again. And God was calling on him all this time. And God gave Samuel the word. And he says in verse 11 of chapter 3. And the Lord said unto Samuel. Behold I will do a thing in Israel. At which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Well that's powerful words. In that day I will perform against Eli. All things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin... I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth. Because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Now that's not the most pleasant first prophecy for somebody to receive. God's pretty stern. I'm telling you what I'm getting ready to do. But if you will, for a minute, picture this with me. Samuel receiving this word. Now, these young men did wrong. There's no doubt about that. But these men are of the same profession that Samuel is. Yes. These are supposed to be men of God. These are men in my ranks supposed to be right and they have fallen away from this and Samuel who has strived to live right as a child and on and do right by God has sons now who are doing evil as judges and they walk not in his ways the scripture says first Samuel chapter 8 it says And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of the firstborn was Joel and the name of his second Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel. And they said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. This man who everybody around him, once again, after those men, the, the, the sons of Eli did what they did. Now his sons are doing this. They're not walking in his way. They've forsaken following after God. And I can just see Samuel sitting there in tears thinking, am I the only one out of everybody around me that's going to live for God and do right? And he's brought low again. I can see him praying to God. My family doesn't love you. The people closest to me don't want to do right. And they don't want to give everything to you. Why does this keep happening to me? Mm -hmm. And then the people demanded a king. Now make us a king to judge like all the nations. And God turns to Samuel and he says, You know what? Do as they ask. And so God gave the people what they wanted in Saul. And the Scriptures called him handsome, standing tall above all the rest. They got their king. And all seemed well to these people now. They got what they wanted. And then a day would come when Saul, in the momentary absence of Samuel, would present burnt offerings in his place, which was completely against God's instruction. And the Scripture said in verse 11, And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together, therefore said I, The Philistines will come down now upon me in Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said unto Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which He commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. The Lord hath sought him a man who will pray. Yes, Yes, amen. Amen. The Lord hath sought him a lady who will pray. Come on. And the Lord hath commanded him to be a captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded me, or commanded thee. And now Samuel is mourning over the man Saul who had done evil in the sight of God in more than just a burn off. And so much here has happened that God never wanted to see evil in his sight. And Samuel, all that he wants to do is just please God. Anybody just want to please God? Amen. Everybody around you is doing everything else and you think, I just want to please God. And that's his attitude. He wants to do right in the sight of God. He wants to see revival. He wants to see his family living for God. He wants something to rise up out of this place where so much wrong has occurred. And then in chapter 16, the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go, I'm sending you to Jesse, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And he sends him out there. Go out and find Jesse because I'm going to raise something up right now that's going to be better than anything that you've experienced to this point. I'm going to raise me up a king for Israel. They wanted them a king for Israel. I gave it to them to show them it would not work out. And now I'm going to raise me up a king for Israel. And so Samuel takes up the horn and puts oil in it. And he knows and he understands that if God is calling for him, a king associated with him, it's going to be the one and he's going to do right. He's going to be the right king for this country. And so he's excited. And after all of everybody that has wronged God that he has seen, that he's looked into their faces and said, You have not done right. Family that's turned away from God. Family that defied him. Right. All that can be as it may, but God's got a church and He's going to raise up His church. Yes, no matter what all those people do, He's raising up something. Yes. He Amen. is raising up something in a land that's barren, in a place there's not a big population, there's not a lot of businesses in it. Behind. Come on. But He's raising up a skyscraper. Yeah. And He's calling in the construction workers Great. to all be a part of it. And everybody's going to see this skyscraper go up. What I'm talking about today, I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about your life. Amen. God wants to raise you up in the middle of your trouble. Somebody ought to preach with me about it right now. God wants to raise you up amongst all the trouble you've experienced this month. Come on, amen. He looks at destruction and people that have been cast to the wayside and He says, that's okay. They can make a base for the foundation that I'm getting ready to lay in you. Well, oh Jesse, he's standing there and Samuel says, Bring me your sons. God's called me to this place. You don't understand what he's about to construct right here, right now. You don't have a clue. Call for your sons. One by one, they go in front of him. That's not him. That's not him. He said, He's going to show me the one. Yes. And you see this horn of oil that I've got here is for one person that God has ordained. It's not going to be somebody that's going to end up falling to the wayside because they're going to be prayerful. That's right. Come on. That's right. I know I keep saying prayer. They're going to be prayerful. Yes. yes. And because of their prayer, they won't fall by the wayside like some of the others have around them. Yes. 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 And that's going to be the base, this moment right here, this moment of anointing uh-huh. for something greater. And he says, Well, this is, you know, some of the sons. He said, Do you have another son? He said, well, there's one more that's out in the field. And Samuel, uh, do you really understand what he was saying right then when he said, I am not going to go anywhere until you bring that son to me? That's right. Because God is constructing something in this place. He will have His foundation. He will have His foundation. This person that He has chosen, it will build His church. Can I tell you that God, what He was going to do through David, could never have happened. That's why. It never would have happened. No great momentum of God working through him and casting a stone. No bringing down of Goliath. No taking down of a lion or a bear. None of that would have happened. No Saul has killed his thousand and David his ten thousand. Would have never been said if it was not for a moment of anointing. Yeah. Amen. Momentum started with a moment that's right, of, God. That's right. of anointing. God would raise up the greatest king of Israel and would look to Samuel to anoint him who had seen so much people around him not doing right. It was the moment of anointing. I wish to talk to some people tonight who you look around you and you see family Close to you, friends, people that are dear to you and 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 folks who have no desire to do the will of God. They have no desire for it. As a matter of fact, they become a resistance to you. They become a resistance to your prayer life for you living for God and doing what you know is right. And it gives you sorrow and sadness because of that. Like Samuel had. I speak to you today. The definition of momentum. I want you to hear this momentum is a moving, growing force that overcomes resistance. Great God! Whoa! Hallelujah! Momentum overcomes resistance. Hallelujah! Lord, oh, Yes! Believe that. And in the barren wasteland Hallelujah. that seems to be around you, God is wishing to raise up a skyscraper out of your life. A skyscraper of a child of God. He wants to do it in you. But it starts with a moment. It starts with a moment. The power of God working through you and helping you like we've been talking about starts with small moments. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10 New Living Translation, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't be overwhelmed today if you look around, you see a person's life that has mighty power and anointing on them, and you stop before you even get started because you think you could never be that. You look at people in this church that have been living for God so long and you think, I'm never going to amount to anything like that. Just remember this. Hear hear this today. 60 years starts with 60 seconds. Amen. That's good. 60 years can start with 60 seconds. That's right. One moment. I sat at camp meeting one time and started praying for an elder man that looked like he was laboring in prayer. And I thought, Lord, this, you know, this man, I know he's probably been living for God a long time. I don't know what he's going through, but I felt led to just go pray for him. The man didn't even have the Holy Ghost. Eighty-some-odd years old. And, and me and a couple other brothers started praying for him, laying hands on him. And he got the Holy Ghost that night. Eighty-some-odd years old. And he turned and pointed at my face and he said, this is the best year of my life. And You mean to tell me that a moment doesn't matter to that man? Momentum starts with a moment, ladies and gentlemen. It starts with a moment. David's momentum of a life that started all with a moment of anointing came about. There was a moment with a lion. There's a moment with a bear. Rahab caught to a momentum that saved her family. Sister Kim with a red cord. A moment. A moment in the window. Created momentum that saved her family. Momentum built up that broke the chains of Paul and everybody else in the jail cell because of a moment of worship. That's right. Amen. Right. Amen. Just because of a moment, many times it's Momentum that builds up because of a moment in a prayer room yes. right. before anybody hit the first chord on the piano. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about this? You feel what you feel right now because of a prayer meeting moment on Tuesday night. Hallelujah. A moment matters. It does. This thing that God is doing in this place is built up over small moments. Amen. Every moment that you feel an unction of the Holy Ghost, do not neglect it. Do not turn against it. It's a moment of anointing that God is commanding and ordaining you to work in. Yes. yes, amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Yes. You know what we've got to be? We've got to be intentionally apostolic. Yes. 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 We've got to be, we don't need to just put the name on our sign. We need to be intentionally apostolic in all that we do. Hallelujah. That's why we pray. That's why it ought to be when somebody requests prayer for them in Walmart. You ought to just pray right then. Amen. That Amen. would be intentionally apostolic. Yes. It's a moment and it's going to matter to them later on when they get the Holy Ghost. Yes. Moments. Matter. You feel that unction saying, I need to go lay hands on that person. You feel a word come into your life. That is a moment that matters. Right. Amen. Yes, it does. The moment's filled up, and God creates a momentum of revival that we're not going to see, that we're seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say right now is do not miss the moments that are taking place. Amen. If you're missing a moment, you might substra- subtract from your momentum with God. One moment in this altar tonight could to change everything for you. Mm-hmm. It's a moment that God can work. Would you stand with me right now? Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to somebody that has lived exactly what Samuel has lived. You've been a part of people that have fallen away that say that they live for God to some people, but you can see it very clearly that they are not an example of that. They've hurt you. They've resisted your spirit in living for God. And that resistance has brought you low sometimes. You know what God is saying tonight? I'm about to equip you. It's time to fill up that horn with oil. I'm going to give you the anointing. I'm going to hand the anointing over to you. And you're going to be the one who lays this foundation for me. You're going to be a pillar in your home. Yes. Yes. You're going to be the difference in your family. Yes. Amen. You're going to win your neighbors. Yes. Because of a moment of anointing. Although there may be many around you that have forsaken God. I say it again, he's going to have a church. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's going to have a church. a church. And he hands us the anointing oil today. This whole service has been brought to this moment right now. There's been worship. The word's gone out. You don't have the Holy Ghost. God can give you the Holy Ghost tonight. Yes, he but that's a moment you got to step into. God can give you a refreshing. He can give you a new oil. But it's all a moment. It's a moment. You know that I can take you to the exact spot on the Arkansas District campground where God called me into the ministry and in a few months I'm going to preach this is weird and I'm going to stand up there and look at the spot where God called me I would not have standed there in a few months if it wasn't for a moment that I can point to Amen. I can't Put all the pieces together and picture it for you, like you can see in your life now. But I know you can, if you take one moment tonight and let God pour on the oil out of that form yes. and begin to make a foundation. I just wonder what kind of skyscraper is going to come up that people are going to look at, and kids, and grandkids, and great grandkids are going to look to and say, my God, what a skyscraper. And you're going to see, son, let me take you to the moment where it all went down. Would you lift your hands right now? We're standing on holy ground in a moment. And God wants to pour out oil. God wants to pour out oil. Amen. Maybe nobody in your family has lived for God like you feel the calling to right now. That's okay. You are to be the pillar. Come on, the Holy Ghost is pulling right now. If you feel the Holy Ghost, I want you to step out of your pew and come down to this altar. Step out of your pew and come down to this altar. God's trying to lay a foundation on you trying to do something special tonight. Come on, don't neglect the moment, don't neglect this moment. submit myself